I'm just saying. Uh, just, you know, uh, it's going to get wild, guys. And I'm sorry. You're very well could. Uh, also, hi and welcome to oh. Blank Bodies. A Vampire the Masquerade V5 horror and tabletop podcast. That's a fun... I regret nothing I've said and we needed to as a community talk about this. <laughs> but like, fuck, hi. I really tried hi. to get on the topic earlier, but no, you we didn't. just uh, skated through uh, it. It wasn't even that bad. We we only vanned for like a few minutes after. Yeah, 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 just yeah, like, yeah. tee up the intro. And it didn't happen. No. Nope. 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 Anyways. I'm no. just saying, while it's a good thing we talked about it, it could have been avoided. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Anyway, I'm your host, Hunter. And as always, I'm joined by... John! Sarah? And the Lorebot. James. Yeah, so uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about <laughs> the uh, next stage of character creation. We're going back to some basics as we try to chillax during this holiday season. We're talking about advantages. That part of character creation at the end that apparently everybody's really confused about and doesn't fucking understand. And it's honestly, the, I don't blame you. It's, it's the a bit weird. Best part. It's great. I fucking love them uh-huh. and the system and everything, but goddammit. In the core book, some of it's not written intuitively, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's uh, that's our usual gripe. Yeah, it's just an editor. It's like the rules are there. It's just hmm. I I don't know. I'm I think of my complaints from last episode, the hunter episode. Um, I would say that this is much more there and explained than my issues with Hunter. But no. I, I, my problem with Hunter is mostly that it assumed that you had read pretty much all of the V5 core mm-hmm. and had that in mind running into the next game. Whereas I feel like we didn't really have any issues starting with V5. No, it's uh, just having been the ST for a lot of people's babies first uh, Vampire the Masquerade because V5 came out and people were just like, oh, what is this? Uh, what is this? We can be horny on main. And- yeah, basically, uh, there's like I, I, I like a True Blood. Can I play the game? And I'm like, yeah, sure, bro. Uh, I found advantages seems to be a part where a lot of players get confused on what they can actually do, and it might be because a lot of people are used to like D and D, where what your character's abilities are are very like concrete and laid out, and like this is what it is. This mm-hmm. is exactly how many dice you roll. There's not a lot of room for interpretation, and then this is all the interpretation on top of. I think sections of this might have been written by people who had English as a second language, which is great. Nothing against that. It's just as a native English speaker, sometimes you have to read things like two or three times to get it, like the grammar to click. Mm-hmm. And when you're getting into a new system on top of like the little, the smite, like grammar wonkiness, it's a little like, what? Qua? Qua? Yeah. So uh, we're going to break that down. Uh, basically keeping this to the core book and a little bit of errata and V5 companion. So. Ooh, simple. Yeah. Because I have... The core book from 2000, or 2000, yeah, 2018. So uh, some of the errata edits are now in the new published books through Renegade. So you don't have to worry about that. But if you have the older book, go get the errata. Okay. There's some notes. I didn't know they updated the core. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently if it's being the core book, if it's printed through Renegade now, any of the errata updates should be in there. Yeah. Okay. So cool. From what Not I Not the companion though. No, that you should still get, but it's free anyways. Right, right. And there's extra cool goodies in there, so you Mm -hmm. might as well just have it. Like some eating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jason Carl, Win Vampire Player's Guide. (laughs) I don't think he's in charge of that specifically. I think think you need to find Justin Achilles, who you need to harass. But look, Jason, um, if you hear this and you feel like reaching out to us to give us some ideas... 
That'd be cool. That's I cool. would not mind. I'm not upset. All right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, advantages. What are they? Uh, these are part of the traits that make up your character. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a refresher for people because we haven't done a core basic mechanics episode in a hot minute. Mm. You have your abilities, which are at the top of the sheet. This is the innate and potential character abilities. So, like, you know, strong charisma, intelligence, that kind mm-hmm. of shit. And then below that, you have skills, which divine most reliable and successful applications of character's potential, which is kind of how it's defined in the book. So like driving, hand-to-hand combat, research, mm. stuff like that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> intimidation, those kinds of things. Yeah. And advantages generally are below that on the character sheet. Uh, these define your character's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some details on this more in the what is your story section, page 149 in the core book. Mm-hmm. Uh, these advantages uh, need to be relevant to your character's life. Think about advantages that might produce the best story for your character. Mm-hmm. Uh, examples of this would be like a socialite or barfly will have various contacts while a college student who's become a vampire might function better feeding on mortals who are taking Adderall, which is like the high functioning attic. Mm-hmm. Metaphor, not metaphor, merit. Dear God. Kind of both. Kind of both. Yeah. You know. I will say personally, I always look at advantages as almost the the biggest meat of a character. Yeah, so these advantages, if it helps narrow it down at all for you, is just what are things your character does or people that they are involved with regularly? And you can Mm -hmm. kind of start from there and kind of build out. Yeah, it's basically stuff about the character that uh, isn't directly tied to their distinct abilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are things that like exist outside of you usually though there are some merits that are very intrinsically like okay so you're hot (laughs) or you can eat rancid blood yeah yeah there's a handful of those but uh that's generally kind of how it is uh storytellers may limit access to or require certain advantages for player characters or the whole coterie keep this in mind at session zero there uh yeah just depending on the theme in the game you're running there just might be things where it's like hey so one of you needs to have uh, contacts in with the local university. I don't care which one of you fuckers takes it, just one of you, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's a session zero discussion. Uh, there's also no penalties for having zero dots and advantage. Uh, basically, you can kind of think of these as bonuses or proficiencies on top of what your character's base able to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for those who are used to D&D, so you know when you have uh, your background in e- uh, 5e, Mm-hmm. And it has, oh yeah, you have proficiency in navigation tools. It's like that level of shit. Or thieves tools. Yeah. Or I, tools. I'm good with heavy armor. I know how to move with a hundred pounds of metal on my body. Yeah. That Let's go. So advantages can be broken down into basically five types, I have found. I wish this was broken down a little bit more explicitly in the book. I had to basically flip between like three sections in the core book to uh-huh. get this all to make sense. So if you were confused... Do not feel bad. It literally took me months the first time getting the book to wrap my brain around this fully. So <laughs> I read half of it and understood it perfectly. Did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You're so pretty. He, he just <laughs> pretended to, and it mostly worked anyway. Yeah, yeah. When you have a high charisma, I'm just saying. You don't have to yeah. be good at things. No, you, can, you just pretend to be good at things. <laughs> you can fake the hell out of things. Hell yeah. So the five uh, advantages that you get are merits which are inherent gifts of the character whether these are physical social mental or supernatural so this is like i can eat food Mm -hmm. i'm real good with languages that kind of shit backgrounds external gifts that the player should rationalize how the character possesses them so this is like i have a lot of influence in the music industry uh i have a fuck ton of money i have a fuck load of money that kind of shit i have a vampire stepdad you know that kind of thing 
At least it's not a vampire step, bro. Step, bro. Uh, How are you stuck in the dryer, step, bro? (laughs) Anywho. Flaws are quote-unquote gifts that cause ongoing problems for the character. These can be inherent or external, often existing in opposition of an existing merit or background. Twa. Yes. That one is confusing because it's not its own section. It's just mixed in with its opposing merit and mm-hmm. or background. And some of the layouts on that is not consistent in the book. So it gets more confusing. And I'm sorry. Things yeah. get wonky. Yeah. I, I think they're really fun, though. Like one of my characters has like uh, aversion to wild roses. Like they're very folklorish. Like mm-hmm. this is where you can add some of the... Um, traditional vampire spice that maybe doesn't fall to every vampire yeah that would um, be like a merit floss that's like something inherently that's fucked up with you and then there's background flaws yeah oh why that should be five dots that should be you should be able to take and sell and just be like that's my only thing I, i i can explain the logic behind that later it's one of those not super intuitive, but it's fine. It's uh, not super easy to stake somebody, too. No. No, it is so. not. Uh, but yeah, then oh. if you want, like, a flaw... But yeah, then an opposition of a flaw for a marriage flaw background where it's like, I have enemies. Right. Yeah. Lanyap's almost done with our blood and jazz game, and uh, no one's... It's not come up yet, but, like, stuff like that, like, little folkloric stuff... Maxime has a folkloric block. He can't go into places unless he's invited. None of the characters, and it's never come up because just the way he's playing. But if somebody pays attention, it does add an enrichment to the character because you're just like, why is he so polite? Like, why mm. is he doing this? Like, it it can add an interesting, like you said, with Ellis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Ellis is the one who can't, uh, who's afraid of wild roses. Mm-hmm. But th- <laughs> there's a bunch. I think one of them is you can't cross a running stream of water. Mm-hmm. That also used to be... Mm-hmm. That also used to be a La Sombra thing for a second. Yeah. That doesn't make sense for La Sombra, though. Well, it's because they were they Dracula. They're sailors. Mm-hmm. What was the... What was the... the? They couldn't cross running water, but it was streams, not like oceans. It was kind mm. of the Dracula thing. Mm. Yeah. They had a lot of them back in the day that was just like, you just said Dracula. Which mm. is also a technically a influenced background. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So we have merits, backgrounds, flaws... And then there's Thin Blood Merits and Flaws. That's its own fucking section. Ugh. We'll cover that when we cover Thin Bloods. Yeah. And then there's Lore the Sheets. Pores. Which are gifts that tie the characters to the wider meta plot of the world of darkness. Mm-hmm. That will be the next fucking episode. I'll cover that then. Yeah. Lore Sheets are cool, guys. Lore yeah. Sheets are cool. So, it's going to be its she- own thing. Tune in. I, I will state for the record, I believe everyone should either get a free Lore Sheet dot or should always take a Lore Sheet when you're creating a character because they add so much flavor to the character. But they're my yeah they're my favorite v5 edition mm-hmm. that's why i was a little disappointed when i they didn't have them in hunter but uh, we'll talk about that more next episode yeah. yeah for sure all right so uh where is the info for all the shit uh within the core book advantages starts on page 179 and there's breakdowns for merits starting at 179 backgrounds begin on page 184 uh thin blood flaws and merits is page 182 and lore sheets uh, the actual like listing of them in the core books on page 382 is in the back of the book. If yeah. you're looking into other books, just check the table of contents. They move that shit around. Lore sheets are almost always in the very back, though, I've noticed. There's uh, a couple of books where it's just like in the middle for some fucking yeah. reason. As somebody, but it's its own like chapter. Yeah, I was about to say, as somebody who's doing background research for that, uh, currently while we're recording this, yeah, in uh, Chicago by Night, it's like in the middle of the fucking book. That's one of the only books I don't have. Yeah, because I, I was literally like, oh, I should check for the lore sheet that I need to add to the list. And I'm just like, scroll to the end. I'm like, there's nothing here. Table of contents. I'm like, 
This is on page 268. It's in the middle of the fucking book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check table of contents. Yeah. It, it's, it'll be in there. They usually have like a thing that just bold says lore sheets. Yeah. So, Shit's wonky, man. Uh, mm-hmm. The way these work. So a phase character creation uh, with whatever prototype you get, there'll be some advantages and flaws. Just write down what it says. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get seven advantage dots and two flaw dots mm-hmm. for a base character, which is a fledgling. And then if you do see a time, you have 15 XP as a neonate that you can spend in advantages if you so choose. Mm-hmm. If you go and sell it, you get two more advantage dots and two more flaw dots as long as well as 35 XP. That can also be crunched down into advantage dots. Which you can just spend all of your XP in being like all of the advantages. If you want, yeah. Trait costs. So uh, advantage dots are three XP per dot flat. So it's not uh, too difficult to math. So if you're buying three dots in advantage, it will cost nine XP as opposed to the third dot in a skill, mm-hmm. which would cost six XP to go from the first dot to the second, and then nine XP to go from the second to the third, which would be a total of 15 XP. Mm-hmm. Right. But so if, well, it's on lower sheets. Never mind. Mm. No, what? I was going to say, but if you wanted to get multiple dots in it, you'd still have to pay three for dot one. And then if you wanted also dot three, you'd have to pay three again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so basically yeah, if you have, I covered that in this, but uh, everybody's getting ahead of themselves on me on this and it's throwing my brain off, so sorry. Okay, yeah. So uh, advantages, especially backgrounds, can be bought multiple times. So if you have uh, two dots in herd uh, amongst like the IT department in your business, and then over the course of your story, you can gain two dots in herd from like the legal team. So those are two separate herds. That makes sense. But you can buy herd multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, advantages are bought separately and are self-contained. So that's kind of what you were mentioning earlier, Skipper. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a two-dot herd in IT and a two-dot herd in the legal department, these do not combine into a four-dot herd group. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you were to spend time cultivating uh, more IT techs into your herd, you could expand it by buying a third dot, which means that the IT herd is now a standard seven to five vessels and not uh, four to seven vessels from the two-dot plus Seven to 15 vessels with a third dot bringing you to a herd of 11 to 22 mortals. You have a lot of people to eat. Yeah, I've had pe- I've had a few people get really confused about that uh, because, you know, it lists on the section in herd, like how many roughly people are in a herd. So you can kind of keep track of like NPCs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I've had people be like, oh, yeah. So if I'm going from the second dot to third dot, I'm adding 15 people to my seven. Right. And I'm like, no, you're going from seven to 15. Mm. So you're only adding like eight people right mm-hmm. so that's still a lot of people it's yeah it's still people. Yeah. still got a lot of people to snack on if you, yeah you got, if you got a lot of to. snack packs but yeah so that's yeah so each each background or advantage dot thing that you buy it's its own separate thing that you can't expand upon and if you want to buy more than one that's fine advantages can be earned and lost through gameplay especially the background dots mm-hmm. uh this will reflect the flexions and fortune of the character over the course of the story um guideline though that is given is that characters should be able to regain or replace advantages that they have purchased at creation or through xp so if over the course of a story uh you have a character uh that needs to buy a haven really quick for plot reasons mm-hmm. uh well they have four resource dots which that would mean they have four dots of just liquid assets mm-hmm. and if they're just burning that to be able to buy the haven uh they could burn like three of those dots just being like, I want a really nice house. Boof. Uh, that basically means, you know, you've burnt all that liquid cash. So they may be down to one dot of resources for the next financial quarter or however long in your game, but they should be able to like recoup that and get back to four dots. Yeah. Eventually. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because, yeah, sometimes in the story you're just like, okay, cool, I've invested in this thing. And then the plot goes, but what if it was burned? And now you're just like, cool, well, that's, what, like 12, 15 XP just gone. Mm-hmm, like, right. That sucks. So talk with the ST and be like, okay, am I going to be able to recoup this over time? And I'm just temporarily out of it? Or am I going to be allowed to take those XP dots and invest it in something else? Yeah. I would even say in that specific scenario, you know, you, you have a house and it's a, you put a bunch of dots in, in Haven to make yeah. it nice. It burns down. Well, if you spend all those dots and all that money getting the Haven, you probably had good insurance on yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say, all right, well, you don't have that anymore. Take all those dots, put it in resources for a little bit. Yeah. And now you, you know, your insurance pays out in a couple weeks and now you have a bunch of fucking money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you basically crunched out your three resource dots into now having a three dot Haven. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, a few sessions later with time, maybe. Mm-hmm. Then you're back to your four and baby. Baby. Yeah. So uh, don't be an asshole and steal things from your players because, you know, the plot needs to be spooky and dark and blah. Yeah. And if you're going to take stuff away from them, at least like convert it, like Sarah said, it it feels mean if you have spent your hard earned XP and it's taken away for no good reason. If you if you piss off a contact and take advantage of them, these are the consequences of your yeah. actions. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You could lose the contact entirely, but then, you know you get different contact or now you have influence or mm-hmm. something else. Yeah, something. But yeah, also another guideline note, any advantages that have been earned through gameplay should be temporary unless invested by the player. Mm-hmm. So over the course of an investigation, for example, the character gets on the good side of a biker gang. Uh, you get two dots and allies bikers for the course of this story arc. Uh, if your character wants to spend time and hang out with them and considers this an investment to keep as allies, you can lock that down with XP and now that's just part of your character. Right. Or you could just be like, okay, biker friends, bye. Well, those Thanks guys were neat. Thanks for kicking those guys head in. Yeah. I'll call you again sometime, maybe. Cool. I got and, this cool jacket now, guys. And, and 80s star wipes. <laughs> ba <Ba-dum, bam. laughs> Unfortunately, none of them heard you yelling goodbye because their motorcycles were blah, 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 ing away. That, that sounds about correct. <laughs> Sorry, I just love that because it's accurate and it always just sounds like a fucking happy pit bull. Just blah, 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 <laughs> but yes, uh, flaws that character creation are listed in the book uh, per your predator type on sea of time actions. So depending on how you built your character, you're going to have more or less flaws. Uh... Extra flaws that you want to take on at character creation uh, can allow for chances to earn XP during gameplay, but are not exchangeable for bonus XP at creation like in earlier editions of Vampire. Yeah. The amount of fights I've gotten into with veterans. They're like, no, this is how it works. I'm like, not in V5 anymore, my guy. You can take them if you want because you're interested in exploring that for your character. I don't care, but you're not going to get extra XP. That's not how that works anymore. I'm sorry. I mean, it's a bummer, but also like, that's okay. Because I feel yeah. like that it was just too many people that I encountered were like, I'm going to take all these flaws to get these points. Mm-hmm. Weird, obscure flaws that will be well, difficult to come up or won't be encountered. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. Or I'm going to have so many one dot flaws that we're just going to get tired of dealing with it or forget that I have all of these when they do come up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I... I love the old hard and fast rule. Just be like, if this doesn't actually affect your character, you're not going to get shit. Because I I was fine. And when I'd been trying to make a character, I would try to get like maybe like three to five, seven max flaws to like get stuff. But I'd always be like working with the ST to be like, hey, 
I want you to be able to fucking fuck with me with this. That's the only way this is fair. This is the only way this isn't me just going, give me free stuff. But again, eh, I enjoy the new system. It's not too bad. Like worst case scenario, you just look at your, you look at your ST and go, can I be Ancella? Yeah, well, it's like, I I don't want to dissuade character or people from being like, hey, there's a flaw here that makes sense for my background, uh, but I've already spent all the flaws that I have for creation. I'm like, dude, just take it. You're just writing more plot hooks for me and making less work for me to fuck with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and dude, if you want to get invested and like write a backstory for this enemy and then like give me a rough stat block, like psh, I will make sure this comes the fuck up and make sure you get a bonus XP for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, probably multiple. Yeah. So, you know, hooray, teamwork, it's amazing. It's as if this uh, is a cooperative game. Yeah, and most... No. No, it is I'm not. I'm here to How win. Dare. I'm here <laughs> to win World of Darkness. I yeah. want a whim. Uh, while uh, most advantages scale from one to five, flaws scale most cases one to two dots. Uh, a lot... I, I don't entirely understand the logic of why the flaws range from one to two dots and everything else is on a scale of one to five, mostly. Uh, it basically, I just kind of counted for storyteller as like, pay attention to the one or two dots as like, is this easy mode or hardcore mode? Uh-huh. I, I kind of take it as they're continuing to de-incentivize just taking a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Or because um, at most a new character, unless you're playing like deep into the sea of time, you're going to get two dots. Mm -hmm. So you're either going to have one really bad flaw or you're going to have two minor flaws. Um, And for most characters, I feel like that's something you can keep track of and keep interesting in a story. But if you end up with like having to like nitpick between like, well, I have four dots in this and Mm -hmm. three in this. And I think just doing one or two, that's it. I think it simplifies it enough without making like the huge focus on it like it was in the older edition where you could be like throwing all these weird dots into like weird mental illnesses and stuff. It's just like a couple dots. They're pretty simple. You see something you like it or you're like, I love this thing. I can't stop looking at her. It's like, I can't do that. Sorry. Can't go in there. Not allowed. No one said invite me. <laughs> it's like, it's just a yes or no kind of system instead yeah. of being like adding roles, extra roles to it. It's like, well, mm-hmm. you have a four dot, so you need to roll against your four dot flaw. I think it just simplifies that down. Yeah, just it only makes reading it wonky because you're like, oh, okay, here's the positive version of this advantage. It goes scales from one to five where I'm like, kind of like, oh, it's a little helpful to like, I am the God King. I can throw all the money at whatever. And then you read the flaw section. It's like two dot, get fucked by the prince. And you're like, what? Yeah. It's just the power scaling is not super intuitive and you're like, what? Uh, so it's think of the think of the flaw dots as the challenge ratings that the ST has to pay attention to. Well, and I think that for the flaw dots, like for some of them, it gets even more confusing, like enemy. Mm-hmm. Enemy was one of the most confusing things I ever took. I wish that I uh, almost wish that I didn't take it because it's like enemy. Okay, you can get so many dots of enemy, but then your your actual enemy is equivalent to an ally of double the rating. Yeah, I was gonna say I do it's talk about that in the like, next section. What the fuck? Well, yeah, it's uh, you're good, hunt's actually a good transition. So uh, we're gonna talk about. <laughs> no, I was saying what the fuck is in like? Why is it got to be so confusing? Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those. Uh, uh, we decided, and by we, I mean me mostly, decided <laughs> we're just going to go in depth on the more confusing of the van- advantages, hopefully clear up some things. Allies, unfortunately, is like the first advantage, and it is formatted completely different than literally all the other advantages. So you read it and you go, ah, 
this is how everything else is going to be formatted and then nothing else is. So allies, uh, basically these are mortals who support your character. Uh, these characters have their own lives outside of you. They usually appear once per story arc and they may ask you for favors in return. Uh, these ones are added to the relationship map. Yeah, so they're... They exist, they are people, they do things, but they exist outside of you and have their own fucking lives and bills and shit. Um, one suggestion that I've seen in a lot of people who use like contacts and shadow run um is if you have people working together in a party situation you usually don't want to allow um multiple characters to invest in the same ally Mm -hmm. um just because it gets messy um if you have someone doing something for the party and you have one guy, I've got one dot in this character. And the other person's like, well, I have five dots. It gets messy like, oh, well, he totally fuck over the guy with one dot, but not the guy with five dots, but they're all working. It, it adds yeah. a lot of complexity to where I would say if one character has three dots in them and you're all working together, you can kind of all lean on that three dot and yeah. then you just spend that on a different Well, the, the nice thing, at least with uh, V5, is because you have uh, the coterie backgrounds and merits. If that's the case, that could just be a coterie ally or contact as opposed to each people, each person in the coterie buying them individually. Yeah, something like that. But I, I, I guess I would just suggest that we don't, you don't let players take multiple allies who are the same. Unless you really want to get into the the catty bitchy backstab, if that's the kind of game you want to play, then yeah. like cool. But otherwise, you are correct. Yeah, because some people are just like I, I. I like fighting my friends. Well, and I feel like for me, like I like the idea of two people having the same contact because maybe that is like a contact point for them. Mm-hmm. That is like the way that they are connected. You know, like um, a character has a contact who is in a biker gang and someone else is in that biker gang and knows that dude and they are contacts like well maybe they've hung out at the same parties or maybe they have been maybe this contact is the one that put these two in contact you know what i mean that that's not bad i would almost suggest even then though to maybe make their allies uh two different members of the same biker gang or whatever so it's like they'd still be in situations where they could have met previously but they're not well yeah well the thing is you guys are a little bit conflating allies and contacts so allies would be the biker gang and then the contact would be big steve oh Uh, sorry about that yeah Yeah, no you're good i just want to make sure like because of the show we are doing that this was clarified so you can have one person's like oh yeah i have like two dots and allies with this biker gang and then somebody's like yeah my three-point contact is big steve from the biker gang right okay cool like yeah there's multiple ways this could be handled and this could also just be a ah you formed a quartery and you guys have allies in this biker gang generic biker gang right with big steve i used to work with a guy that we called pork chop he was a big dude Mm -hmm. uh but he was in a biker gang that makes sense yeah and his nickname in said biker gang pork chop if you hear this please don't come and beat me up or anything but his (laughs) his um Nickname in the biker game was Avalanche because he was known for when he got in fights with people, just picking them up, slamming them against the wall, and then punching them in the stomach repeatedly. I I like that this man whose name is Pork Chop yeah. has a nickname. I know. <laughs> just a name with more syllables. Wait. Right. Yeah. No, well, no, no. we the... called him Pork Chop. He was given the name Pork Chop when he worked with us. Oh. Um yeah, I was about to say the logic of that is just like no, you have you have your nice nickname and then you have your dark nickname. You're <laughs> <laughs> just like here's my dark form. Uh, it's it's he was funny job. though. He was yeah. funny though. He also was really into RC drag racing. Oh hell yeah! So he had this like three hundred dollar RC car that he brought to work one time. <laughs> and was just like. <laughs> 
through the parking lot. Oh, that's that amazing. Sounds... It was a lot of fun. That's delightful. <laughs> I would also state for uh, the record on violence protocols, slamming somebody against a wall usually ends a fight real quick. I feel the pounding in the stomach was just ensuring. Avalanche. <laughs> yeah, almost yeah. unnecessary. Avalanche. Avalanche. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But uh, yeah, to, to put us yeah. back on the rails. So allies, group of mortals that are like, yeah, you're cool. We'll do a thing for you. But, you know, I might need you to like, Help me with a thing, because, you know, we're bros. That's how friendships work. Mm -hmm. Uh, The stats on this, per the core book, are uh, you're built on a budget based on effectiveness of the group and the reliability of the group. These are two different stat points for building an ally group. These combined are capped at six dots and have a one dot minimum. So you have to spend at least two dots. No, you can just spend one dot. So you spend one dot and you get the first dot in each? Uh, Not necessarily. Oh, boy. Thanks, guys, you, for making yeah. it easy to do. Yeah, you no, just for like the ha-has, you could have a one dot, uh, like, yeah, I know these guys, they, they kind of can do some stuff, but they're just fucking super flaky. Mm. They're they're really tough, but like, if they show up or not, who knows? Yeah, yeah. yeah you, could, you could buy a group that's like three dots in effectiveness, no dots in reliability. Uh-huh. You can absolutely do that. <laughs> oh, no, I know that. I know that. What I'm saying is to buy it, you have to at least buy it. Do you have to buy the first dot in effectiveness and the first dot in reliability to have a 1-1? One, one? Yeah, basically. So, yeah, you, one, have one to, flyer? you have to buy two to get the first dot, the first ally. That's at least check, a two dot. Ba- right? Basically, uh, I, hate the way, I hate the way this was built. But yep. uh, basically, uh, this is the only thing that goes up to six dots in V5 for some fucking reason. Um, there's two charts for one for effectiveness, one for reliability, and they give you the information on like what that correlates to. Um, to get an ally, you need to spend one dot, and this one dot can either be on their effectiveness or the reliability. So if you want to have a rating on both, you have to have at least a minimum of two dots. Mm-hmm. You do not have to have those two dots sunk into both categories. Mm-hmm. You can have them in one or the other. So if I were to buy a um, an ally and mm-hmm. put two dots into effectiveness, mm-hmm. um, they would automatically get that first dot of reliability nope. because that's the minimum? Nope. So they would have zero? The, yes. Yeah, to have any kind of ally at all, you need to have one dot. Okay. So that's, they you yeah. can have one dot in reliability and zero effectiveness. Yes. That's crazy okay yeah yeah and they give you stats for like up to three dots for one category and up to four dots in the other Mm -hmm. so if you wanted to fully max out that seven dots but they cap you at six what yeah Mm -hmm. as an st i'd be like uh, if you want to buy the seventh dot who fucking cares i have some notes about that but yes (laughs) uh but i'm I'm just Uh, reading this verbatim on how it is written in the book yeah yeah uh you Sorry, did you have a question? I did, but I wanted to get to the section so I could properly ask it, unless you have okay. it in the notes, which is just like, I remember reading in context, they're just like, oh, this is what uh, like a one to two to three is. And I'm just like, is that the reliability? Is Contacts that how f- don't have reliability ratings. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah, no, we're, this is specifically for allies only. Ah. Um. And this is the like only thing that does this, except for So if for you guys are confused about advantages, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. It sucks that the first. <laughs> it just sucks that in the advantage section, the first thing you're hit with is really wonky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It and it is. It works differently than almost everything else in the book, and it is also the only one formatted in the way that it is. Yeah. And you're just like, why did we do this? But it's it's fine. We'll get through it. Uh, but yes. So when you 
whatever, however many dots you decide to spend on your little allies group, uh, you mm. may use the mortal templates to build out the NPCs if you want, or if you just want to have them as a flat, like, difficulty, bonus, minus, whatever, that's fine. Do with that what you will in your game. Uh, but thankfully, the mortal templates section is literally, like, built right in where the allies section is in the advantages book, so it's right fucking there. So that's kind of handy. Uh, the number of people that make up an ally group is equal to the total number of dots. So if you have a group that has got two dots in effectiveness and two dots in reliability, that is four homies. Okay. Okay. So if you have a group that is three dots in effective and two in reliability, that is five homies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those numbers go up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the nega version of allies is enemies. Mm-hmm. The part that is confusing. So enemies are mortals that do you harm. They do not like you, Sam I am. Uh, enemies are rated at minus two dots for what their effectiveness is. So for an example, an enemy that has an effectiveness of three would count as a one dot flaw. Yes. Cool. Uh, all enemies have the same reliability score, which is basically the speed of plot <laughs> and should appear at least once per story. Yes. So basically, when you're buying, the, the, the easiest way to kind of wrap my brain around figure out how enemies should work, don't worry about buying fucking uh, effectiveness, or don't worry about buying reliability, sorry, for the enemy. Mm-hmm. They will just show up when the ST decides, so don't fucking worry about that. When you're buying an enemy, just focus on how much are they going to kick your ass, which is effectiveness. Right. Mm-hmm. And their challenge rating on the, on the ST one dot or two dot flaw is basically dependent on what the enemy effectiveness would be right so if it's like a four or five dot enemy group that's basically a two dot flaw right so hopefully that makes more sense yeah not really but yeah yeah. yes because like okay sure gotta be tough you're Mm -hmm. fighting a whole coterie essentially yes now sarah's cheat but you still have to fucking deal with the contact rules which is confusing what do you mean the contact rules uh ally rules the ally rules which is confusing yeah it is. It's a little confusing. Um, this is why I have Sarah's cheat. <laughs> but yeah, Sarah's cheat on this is I don't accept. Uh, I don't separate effectiveness and reliability. Um, basically, I will talk to the player to figure out how reliable the ally group will be based on the characters' interactions with the group and how much time and investment and da da da. da. And I basically will treat the ally group kind of similar to how you treat touchstones. Where if the character spends time trying to maintain the connection, they will keep the ally dots where they're at. But if you just like stop talking to the group or are asking them for too many things, they will get annoyed and will fuck off. I consider them basically like mini touchstones. Yeah. So and I just have you guys buy and or buy allies just one to five and keep it simple. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that a lot better. Yeah. I mean... So basically, like, a five-dot ally would have this... Ally group would have roughly the same plot weight as, like, a baron or a prince. So, yeah, that way you could... um, It's a little cheaper to get the allies, but they're not wrote how effective they or reliable they will always be they can flux based on like character interaction and you know the consequences of your actions yeah basically it's like you're buying them on a scale of one to five of effectiveness and i was kind of keeping the scaling for that similar to how the maula scaling is which i'll talk about later and that i just kept all the other allies things where it's like yeah if you have a one dot ally it's like one guy that you know in the group and he can only do like a couple of things and then how reliable the group is just kind of depend on how much of a piece of shit your character is. Hmm. So, yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty intuitive. We've been doing that and it's been fine. No yeah. one's bitched, but that's not in the book. So I just wanted to, <laughs> I just yeah. wanted to be honest. That's not the rules. 
But that's what I've been doing, and it's been fine. So, any other allies, questions, confusions, concerns? No. So, next would be fame. Fame. Yes. Uh, which is mortals know you through the cultural milieu. I just never get to use that word. I was very mm-hmm. excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, basically, these dots can be used in social tests. Basically, you're using your social pull or clout for exclusive ass access to things uh and you're also going to subtract fame dots uh from the difficulty when uh interacting with fans or if you're like doing hunting depending on your predator type because you know you're a cool guy people know and like you it's a lot easier to get them to go with you somewhere um fame is rad fame is pretty rad mm-hmm. Ken has fame and i can't tell you how many times mortals have started to get shitty and then he'll be like what's up man and they'll be like wait you're ken and i'm like yeah bro yeah, and down. they're like yeah cool like we almost got in a fight with a dude because he stole our parking spot not (gasps) long ago and ken got out of the car and started talking to the guy and he was like oh my god my girlfriend loves your stuff will you sign a cd i'm like yeah sure sign the cd the guy gets in his car and just fucking drives off hell yeah (laughs) it was great yeah downside uh increased difficulty to stealth as people recognize you in public is a thing yeah yep fair so if you have high enough fame it's it gets hard to be like cool i'm just gonna walk with my friends down the street to this club and try to be stealthy do cool vampire business and then just mortals are coming up and they're like oh my god it's it's ken 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 uh, selfie please ken has can i touch you can i touch you no <laughs> do not get away from me absolutely do not they're just recording they come up to you already recording a tiktok and uh, you're just like dude fuck off please yeah yeah so it's goods and bads uh, i talked about i talked to yannick about being a, a an in-between <gasps> oh yeah fans get oh, too yeah. bad uh like a bodyguard yeah that's amazing <laughs> uh yeah uh you can also buy fame dots amongst fellow vampires uh this would be a separate purchase as fame usually counts towards mortal society so if you want to be somebody that like mortals don't know, but within the vampire world, basically, if you want to be a Beckett, you mm-hmm. can do that with fame. You just have to make sure that it's like noted specifically and bought separately from buying just general fame. Yeah. Right. I feel like that while that direction makes sense, where if you want to be famous specifically in kindred society, it wouldn't work with mortals. Yeah. Fair. I feel like the fame dots with mortals should transfer over somehow. Maybe not fully, but like yeah. just half, a little half bit. Half your rating, you know, or something like that. Because just because you're known and vampires are kind of entwined so heavily in the mortal world. Does that make yeah, sense? Basically, you could argue because that's kind of similar to how influence is run. And I'll go over that in the next segment or two. Okay. But I, as an ST, if somebody argued like, hey, I have four dots in fame within like the music world. Um, could I use the fame to enhance a social role with a kindred? No, it's just and depending on the kindred. It's like, well, they're into music. Yeah, d- do it. But you could do it at like one step down, basically, because mm, it's like, right. well, they're not mortals. So they're not as like ingrained in that society. So they're not going to be as like hyped about you. But they're all like, yeah, I heard your last album. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I would also say they could do that for the inverse where it's just like, yeah, that might also be a low level infamy because some of the cam people could be like, what? Slightly different, but yes. Yeah. Because um, the book does note, and it's kind of funny that, so if you were like somebody like a Dracula, specifically, because mm-hmm. he does exist in World of Darkness, you would basically have to buy fame dots in Mortal Society and Vampire Society, because you're famous in both spheres, but for entirely different fucking reasons. Mm-hmm. So that's, or like Elizabeth Bathory also. 
Right. It's like, yeah, she would have like uh, four dots in fame in the mortal society and then would have four dots in vampire society, but those would be like two different pools mm-hmm. and those could flex over time technically that mm-hmm. was a good knuckle pop though i usually have pretty good ones that was pretty know. good i wish i would it would definitely depend because like if you have like four dots as like a tiktok influencer or whatever like most mortals are going to be like oh i've seen even if it's just reposting on another website or something mm-hmm. like oh i've seen clips of your videos whatever but like the 200 year old guy who's just like a camaria harpy who's like we don't use technology it's gonna be like wait you you make money by going to a theme park i like you less now are you who is jake paul god i wish i wish (laughs) i lived in that world uh wait wait, but who is jake paul (sighs) a mediocre wrestler okay thanks yeah uh The uh, the flaw version of fame is infamy, which is you're famous for doing something bad, mm-hmm. which is where that yeah, came. Yeah, exactly. So this also does follow the same rules of infamy. Normally is a mortal-centric thing, but if you want to buy it for Vampire Society, you can. Right. It will just be, you know, a different purchase, but you could do that. Uh, for example, Theo Bell probably has a four dot in infamy after he blew Harshtat's head off. Amongst the Camarilla, yes. They're not fan <laughs> arcs. They're just like, yes. Hell yeah. That's some king shit. Not that we acknowledge unjustified hierarchies or anything. But, yeah. Uh, I, I think um, I think in, uh, what's it say? In a, like a story moment like that, if you're going to give players one, I think it would be fun to give them the opposite in like an opposing faction. Like yeah. if you fuck things up for the Camarilla so bad that the Anarchs are like, maybe this guy is cool. Or, like, you do something so horrid that the Sabbat are just like, maybe this guy's on to something. Maybe we can turn him. Yeah. Maybe. Like, maybe he's on that good good. Just like, oh, you did a fucked up thing, so I'm going to give you a two-dot infamy amongst Vampire Society, but you now have a four-dot fame amongst the Sabbat. <laughs> I mean... Get fucked. It, it <laughs> is, I don't want it. I don't, I don't want, want it. it. Well, quit being a jackass. <laughs> yeah. It is a good way to balance that until they buy the dot that they got from it. I would say if they spent the six XP for the fame, they'd be like, okay, cool, the infamy goes away. Slowly but surely. It depends on you know. I mean you can have you can be both. Yeah. You can be famous for like 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 Mother Teresa. There we go. Yeah. She's famous for being super loving and caring and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then all that real shit came out and now she's also infamous for being selfish and a user and yeah. Be sad. Basically, (laughs) uh, trying to gain clout off of the suffering of other people, because, you know, that's a healthy mindset. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. So she has both, I would say. Yeah. But Infamy, uh, this will increase the difficulty on social tests uh, by the Infamy dot total. Uh, So technically, Infamy can go from one to five. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you have like Infamy three and you're trying to be like, yeah, I'm going to go into this club and talk to people. Everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, he's the guy that like hit that kid with a car. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> didn't you murder somebody in ireland like what the fuck no you know yes no yeah well, i've never been to ireland <laughs> what the fuck was that yeah what was that <laughs> i don't know where I, was that there's a reason in multiple episodes i've said i don't do accents uh, it, it i could tell you were going for an irish accent but it started slightly australian and then ended in cockney yeah, yeah. but it felt slightly irish the whole time it yeah. was weird <laughs> i am the world i am the people oh my god oh, all of them oh. in one body oh no also note uh some npcs may try to capture or kill you for what you have done because you know infamy uh one dot of infamy also will provide a one dot dark secret since this should be easier to uncover than more life-threatening secrets that was listed in the book 
do with that what you will. So you have to have a reason that you have. Yeah. So if you only have Mm. one dot in infamy for doing something fucked up, that might be just like, it's so low tier. A lot of people just don't know specifically so you're they know just, you're a shit but they they, don't really yeah know why. so you're also just gonna get a one dot dark secret now it doesn't mention if you buy a three dot infamy if you get a one dot secret i would assume not because then if it's that bad probably most people know that you steal horses and fuck people's wives i don't know what you've done steal mm-hmm. people's wives and fuck people's horses oh god no <laughs> do not do not do that horses, i would think that horses cannot consent i feel like the infamy infamy on that would go down the older the vampire <laughs> My agent is calling. I'm sorry. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. I, Wait, I, why do you get an agent? I have problems. Oh, <laughs> you mean like an agent with like the FBI? No. Oh. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the other uh, flaw version for fame is called Dark Secret. Mm-hmm. This has two uh, flaw versions, variants. Uh, this is seen as the less intense form of infamy since your deed is unknown or only known by like a handful of people. Mm -hmm. This for some reason comes in uh, one or two dots of uh, options Mm -hmm. and they give you like examples of things. So like a two dot dark secret would be like, you're a cleaver as Mm -hmm. your predator type and you need to like not tell people or, you know, you've uh, done a masquerade breach and then a one dot one Mm -hmm. is... You owe somebody money who will take your kneecaps. Mm-hmm. I have <laughs> in one of my games currently a Lasombra that has a two dot uh, dark secret mm-hmm. because he's very recently ex Sabat Diablerist. <laughs> ah. Yeah. So fun thing about the the dark secret masquerade breacher thing that I find annoying is uh, if you are a consensualist, they give you dark secret masquerade breacher, but at one dot. But masquerade mm. breachers listed as two dots in yeah. this section of the book. Yeah. So I don't know if that means you've breached the masquerade in a less intense way because of consensualist, or if this was a type. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed to me. It seems like you should just allow players to maybe buy a one dot in that too. But like it, it does seem like, Oh yeah, I've breached the masquerade, but like on the level of someone who is also pretty much a ghoul. Yeah. Like, or like that kind of connection to where it's like, technically this isn't something you should be doing, but like if anyone catches on, it's just like, all right, have a sip. I'm doing, it's just my ghoul nose. Yeah. I was about to say, it also could be like, that could be representative of like a growing movement of people being like, Maybe consent. Maybe we could like try to like you know be like, hey, I I, I need to eat you, but I don't need to kill you. I that, just that might be a talk with your st on like how you're handling the consensualist thing because yeah. it could be a you are just uh, you're feeding by uh, doing kink play with like knives, and mm-hmm. no one's gonna read into that. But it's still technically a masquerade breach. So people in the camera could be an asshole about it. That's how I read it. Or are you the kind of person who's doing a full? Hello, takes hand out like Henry Rollins. My name is Henry Rollins. I am a vampire. May I please have some of your blood to sustain myself? I think that might be a two-dot flaw. That might be a two-dot flaw. Even if you're just like, hey, is it okay if I do this? Yes. Forget we ever had this conversation. That might be a (laughs) one-dot. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like you're having these conversations with people and they are consenting you're just then removing their memory of consenting, which is like squicky, but situation. You're like, well, I got consent and it was fine and they enjoyed themselves, but now I need them to forget they did that. Yeah. This does feel a little bit. You're, mm, you're right. It is still squicky. Yeah. yeah. It's a little squicky. I think that it would not be squicky if you had that conversation and told them that would happen too, though. That's true. Like I'm yeah. a vampire. I need to sustain myself. We're going to have a good time. You won't remember it by the end of the night. 
Are you okay with this? Sure. All right. What if they Snacky say no? Snack. Then you just go, okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you'd be like, all right, sorry, wipe. <laughs> and you're forgetting 10 minutes. Right. Mm. Yeah, just forget about it then. But yeah, if you just go forget about it and don't feed on them, I'm like, that's the least squicky. The most squicky would be like, well, you're not going to remember it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I really would have preferred if you said yes. Meh. <laughs> uh, now you're going against your uh, your feeding preference, mm-hmm. uh, which is the willing. So, whoops. Whoops. Uh, take a stain, I guess. Uh, the next advantage we're going to talk about is influence. This will be your pull within mortal communities or systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, influence uh, is wielded in tiers, which it, I think is a really great system. And you can kind of ape this over into fame if you want, but they don't talk about this explicitly. So your chosen uh, group or region are affected by the full uh, bout of your dice pool, and each step removed from the core group will remove a dot. So uh, let's say you have three dots in influence within the financial world of the loop in downtown Chicago, where you're like, I'm a big finance guy. I'm in the business sector. Everybody knows me. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm the guy with the cool ties that does stuff. Uh your pool within finance allows you to flex uh, within... I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, just your... <laughs> I'm Ooh. the guy with the cool ties that does stuff. I don't know how financial stuff works. That's how, That's it. That's it. You walk I, in, you say, I got the coolest tie, and then they give you the money. Sometimes they do. Like, literally. <laughs> the Just the amount of absolute horseshit within the financial sectors that we've had to be exposed to because of, like, Elon Musk and then what's his nuts with the recent crypto thing. Oh, a ton of people... Yeah, well, like, there's crypto in general, but the new big one where he, like, actually did fraud. And oh, bank. F- funny enough, his name is Bankman Freed, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his name is basically Bank Fraud, and guess what he did? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but-, but yeah, just, yeah, the, the amount of times I feel like people can just walk into a room with the full, just, audacity and be like, hi, I can do a thing, and people are like, yes, here's money, do it. Yeah, that's good As long me. as I get a profit, it's fine. That's fair. Uh, or wait. a believed profit. Yeah. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, you're, they're basically, like, micro-celebrities within the tech world, but they've grown to the point where the rest of the world has to find out about them. Yeah. So, so like, that is where, like, you could have, like, fame five in like the tech world but like infamy two with everyone else when they realize what the fuck you're doing yeah and even then you could kind of flavor this as like oh you have like four influence within like the tech spheres and then you're able to use that influence into other spheres be like hi i'm real good with computers you should let me make roads what we did that as a society we let elon be like i can redo a highway and he made literally the most dangerous subway he just did subways again, but dumber. That's not surprising. Not surprising at all. Mm-hmm. Anywho, but yeah. Which so- makes me sad because like the theory that he's going for is sick as shit. Yeah, but we've already done it. It's called public transit. We do that already. Well, it's yeah. like a society. I guess yeah. what I'm saying is the the hyper train. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, it's on the like, like maglift yeah. that moves like 500 miles an hour. That's fucking sick. Yeah, Probably yeah. not underground, but yeah. Well, depending on sometimes they go underground and that's fine. I just don't trust him to do them underground. Oh, no, I don't trust him at all with anything. Uh... I would trust him to make some toast. He could go back to running corn fan sites. Yeah. Yes. that That's basically how he yes. started his life in the tech uh, world. But yeah, to get us slightly back onto uh, track with the example. So you got three dots in influence within the financial districts of Chicago. Yes. Uh, if you use your clout and pull within financial businesses stuff within the greater Chicagoland area, that would be influence too. Okay. But if you were trying to broker a business deal with somebody at... If you were trying to broker a deal with somebody in like the New York Stock Exchange, that would be one dot because they're like so further mm-hmm. removed from you. But they're like, oh, yeah, no, I've heard about your company. Da, 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 sure, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll help you out. But it's like they're not going to go out of their way. So one dot. Cool. Okay. I like yeah. that. 
Or another fun that I, that I thought was kind of evil was, uh, so let's say you have three dots and influence within the local city government. Yes. Uh, an area venue uh, who doesn't know who you are specifically. You can threaten to shut them down use, uh, by using your influence within the city government to be like, well, actually, you're breaking this county ordinance, so I'm going to shut your club down. Mm. And they have no idea who the fuck you are. Right. Mm-hmm. They're just like, this fucking square showed up and is now trying to turn down my jams. And that's how you gain infamy. Yes. Yeah. And that's how you end up with disliked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is the first flaw version of influence. Yes. Uh, disliked, uh, which is you get a negative one die to any social test with any group within the city except your supporters. So that would be like contacts, allies, uh, herd, that kind of shit. People you pay to have on your side don't, basically you're not losing dots and everything you've paid for because that would get yeah. really unbalanced really quick. That, yeah, it would. So it's one of those like, hey, people that actually interact with you, they're like, oh yeah, no, he's a cool guy. But people that don't know you're just like, that guy's kind of a shit. Yeah, so, I don't like him. So minus one to all social tests if you have disliked. If you have despised, <laughs> uh, a group or a region of a city lives to spite you specifically. You've done something and they don't fucking like you. You shut mm. down their favorite club. Yeah. So now these guys at the local uh, the fucking venue are just like, ah, he's the bad guy from our 80s movie. And now we need to do a fundraiser. Yes. Yes. Also, let's go spray paint his house. Exactly. Baloney on the car. Hell mm. yeah. Hell yeah. Sugar in every orifice of that car. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The essay, the, the essay, the ST should take any chance to have uh, these uh, people be uh, involved in your schemes. They should show up and cause problems mm-hmm. in some form. Uh, you also get negative two on all social pools to convince neutral parties to support you or do you any favors. Yeah, so it can get pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that one's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my favorite. Haven, it is your house. So strong. Uh, this is separate from domain. That is something entirely separate. Uh, domain will be involved with like coterie shit, so we're not talking about it. Haven is specifically, this is a house, some sort of residence that you live in and inhabit. You can have multiple havens. There can also have a haven that is shared by the coterie as part of your coterie backgrounds. I would assume that everyone listening to this in real life has no domain, but has some sort of haven in mm-hmm. real life, whether it be your apartment or a car you're living in or the house you own. Mm-hmm. Everyone has some sort of haven. Doesn't necessarily mean that you own land. No, yeah. no. Yeah. That would be a higher dot haven. That would... Mm. That can either be a really high dot haven or would be domain. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I own 50 acres, da 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 yeah, And if we have some unhoused individuals that are listening to this, if you have a Discord, join in. We'll talk about the stuff. It's fine. What? What? Unhoused. Destitute? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no haven. That, uh, that's yeah. later on. Uh, that's okay. I was very just like, yeah, no, it just you came said, out of absolutely Yeah, nowhere. you just, you said you assume everyone has a haven. I'm like, if, if you don't, also. Well, I mean, haven could be everything. Like one of my characters has just an RV no. that they yeah. live out of as their haven. Mm-hmm. Um, it could even be like, if you really wanted to get into it, like maybe some sort of public housing or like shelter that you stay at could be your a small dot haven. Yeah, basically that uh, is covered in, um, even if you have no dots in haven, you are considered to have a simple mm-hmm. or desperate like housing situation. So this could be you're staying in motel rooms, like couch surfing, uh, you live in a vehicle, you could have literally a hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. There's there's a sliding scale of whatever. So just because you have no dots in Haven does not mean you don't have a secure place to stay. So you don't necessarily have to catch fire. 
Yeah. So don't, so don't panic as a player if you're like, I have to buy a haven. I'm like, technically no. no. And also, uh, your character may have a haven as a default from one of their backgrounds, like resources, status, influence, fame, etc. So mm-hmm. if you're somebody who's like, I have five dots and resources, ST, just give them a fucking haven. Like, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to give them a shitload of dots because most of the time the, the dots in Haven aren't uh, just representing like how luxurious the Haven is. That's dependent. Yeah, that that's one of them that you can buy into, but it's not you have a place. Yeah. You could also just I would say if they're not going to spend the points on Haven yet, mm-hmm. but they have like five dots in Maybe they have like a really nice penthouse that they go to and sleep and just isn't very story important until oh, they yeah. play those points. It's not story important mm-hmm. or it's a I'm a rich guy. I own like four houses and I just kind of bounce between them and I don't really he's not mm-hmm. particularly attached to any of them because he's just like, I'm just buying property and selling it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Or you're just staying in really nice hotel rooms all the time. Right. That's also an option. Like, I'm a CEO of a company. I just get comped constantly for wherever I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, there's loads of options, but if you have a haven that's tied into a background like this, if the background is lost, so is that haven. Mm-hmm. So if you uh, are a really famous guy and people are just like, yeah, we'll, we'll get, give you stuff to just live in this house because it looks cool, and then you aren't famous anymore, no more house. Okay. So keep that in mind for plot reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh Base Haven rating is a rough estimate of the Haven size, security, privacy. You can kind of modulate this depending on your character's story, mm-hmm. wants, desires, blah, blah, blah. Each dot in a Haven adds to the difficulty against invasion, spying, etc. Mm-hmm. Anybody trying to get in your house. Uh, also, you can add a plus one per base Haven rating for characters to notice danger within their own Haven. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah, so if you're in your house and somebody's trying to do a, a, a panic room, like the plot of the movie, and break in and steal some of your shit... Uh, if somebody, the SD is like, hey, I'm going to have you do a wits awareness, you can add your base haven rating to that pool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. So like, you know your place well enough that you know when something's amiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't leave that glass knocked over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like, hold on a second. That, there's a lot of uh, the, the tropes of like, uh, the heroes break into a house to get a thing, and you see like the, the, the antagonist be like, that's not where I left you. Like, you'll see him zero in on that quick, and it's, Pretty much that. My commemorative Garfield mug has been left askew. <laughs> oh, fuck. They fucked up. Yes. It's lasagna time. And Haven merits and flaws. Uh, these can help build up your house. If you're somebody mm-hmm. who's like, I want to invest into having a library or mm-hmm. an armory or having a secret tunnel. Um, I want my house to be haunted. And that's a flaw. I don't know why that would be a flaw. Uh, uh, well, bad vibes. That's that's one of my favorite. Oh yeah, uh, your house can just be creepy. Yeah, like that's what I was gonna bring up. Like that's one of my favorite fucking <laughs> fucking flaws. You can just be like the vibes are bad. It it also may not necessarily be directly a flaw to your character. Yeah. Uh, say you're used to the house being haunted or whatever, but like say a mortal comes to your house, that's a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, you could have a haven that is like a three dot haven. It's super super fucking nice, and you've spent the money on luxury to have like kitted out with all the. St- Best home furnishing, tech gear, da 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 da, like nice artworks on the walls. Mm-hmm. But you take the creepy uh, flaw. You basically have Patrick Baseman's apartment. Yeah. <laughs> you walk in, you're like, this it's is just too like, nice. Everything it's... is too sterile. Yeah. And if you're like an art nerd and you're looking at the paintings and stuff, you go, all of these paintings are about murder. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I was. I was rereading in the book when that, mm-hmm. and I forgot that is the most simplistic way to put it. Just the vibes are bad because it's like, Social tested seduce or otherwise put human guests at ease or at two dice penalty. I'm like, it's straight up just the vibes are bad. Oh, 
yeah, yeah, you just go to somebody's like Midwest <sighs> mom house and you're just like, somebody's in the basement. Yeah, I, I do not like all these porcelain dolls. Yeah, so all the, the bonuses and various things that you would need for those are listed in the book. There's a lot of them. I'm not going to list them now. No. There was one time I was helping my girlfriend at the time, this was high school, uh, move a bunch of Halloween decorations from their garage into the top of their uh, mm-hmm. of, of her um, um, grandma and grandpa's attic barn. Oh, the barn. Okay. And I'm carrying like a hundred pounds of like spooky lights in a giant fucking bin. Mm -hmm. I climb up these steps. It's super difficult. At the time, now it's less so. But at the time, I did not like dolls. I just Mm -hmm. was not a fan of them. They creeped me out. I walk up. I'm focusing on this thing because it's heavy. I don't want to drop it. I don't want to fall backwards on the steps with, you know, a hundred pounds of lights on me. I get in. I put it down. And I stand up. And her doll collection is in this house or in this little apartment. And by I mean, when I, when I say doll collection in the apartment, I mean in every room of the apartment, like the furniture was covered, the shelves were covered. She had life-size toddler porcelain dolls like sitting in chairs. And I was like, I'll bring this stuff to the top of the steps, but I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> this is cursed. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not spending not. time in here. The actual version of it. Yeah. And then the flaw for Haven is called No Haven. You must find a new place to day sleep every night. So it's the less intense version of the Ravnos clan pain. Right. Because you don't explode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So the next one we're going to cover that's caused confusion is Maula, which is a vampire buddy. Yeah. I like Maula. Maula's fun. It's yeah, fun. They're nice. Uh, this can be a single vampire or a group that, for whatever reason, cares about you or is invested in your success. Leave this up to the plot. Uh, while they will offer you help, they are not going to fight for you. Uh, they have their own lives to unlive, essentially. <laughs> they have their own bullshit. Uh, if they have to go out of their way to help you or risk themselves in any way, uh, this could risk the relationship and you can lose a dot or the mala entirely. Dang. Because they're just like, look, I was here to like give advice and like maybe give you some fucking money and you know, I want you to do well, but God fucking damn it. Yeah. You can't just be showing up at my haven with your coterie and two werewolves on your fucking tail. Leave. Yeah. This is, you're risking my ass. Right. On a Sunday. How dare you. (laughs) On On, the Lord's day. On Cain's day. (laughs) At Christmas. How dare you. Uh, yeah. So if the Mala group is a, is a group. Uh, they will cost one more of dot to the equivalent solo vampire. So basically, if you're getting the support of the of a portion of the Primogen Council, this would cost five dots as opposed to having just a single Primogen Council member, which would be four dots. Okay, okay. So uh, keep that in mind when you're doing these purchases. Note, if your character wants to acquire minor boons from other vampires at character creation, this costs half the points rounded up of the equivalent Maula. This is a note in the Maula section that nobody ever pays attention to. I think it's neat. Yeah, mm-hmm. I never actually looked at that. Yeah, yeah. it's good. So exam- I was always like, vampire buddy, that's all I need. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you can have a, a vampire favor. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, so for an example of this, a minor boon worth roughly two dots in resources from an NPC vampire within the city would cost the equivalent of four dots of Maula. Okay. So... What if you wanted to get a life boon? Uh, that is not an option. You'd have to pay 13 dots in Mala. That is a, you <laughs> might want to talk to the ST about that or have a plot thing or something. Mm. But like, for base rules, I'm like, it says minor boon. <laughs> Fuck off. That is it. <laughs> uh, the flaw version of this is adversary, which is a vampire foe as opposed to a vampire friend. Oh. Uh, these vampires 
as enemies range from a one dot, which is elders, to three dots, which is princes. I don't know why it's on a scale of one to three. The ST uses adversary status or specific traits to set difficulties, not the actual adversary dot rating. Hmm. Because it would be weird to be like, hey, I'm going to get into this fight with the prince and the difficulty rating for everything is always three dots. Yeah, that'd be silly. Yeah, that'd be Uh very silly. Um, uh, My cheat on this is I use the one to five scale for adversaries uh, as you would with Maulas because I think it allows for a wider range of vampire enemies. And is a little bit more intuitive to keep track of mm-hmm. for NPCs because it's like, well, I'm already buying these NPCs on a scale of one to five. I don't know why these ones over here are not also on a scale of one to five. Yeah, I would agree. But, you know, if you have a system that works better for you to remember what the fuck's going on, go ahead and use it. I like the idea. Like, I I don't really get why a one dot would be elders, too. That seems like mm-hmm. yeah. if you're a fledgling. Why you, would the elders give a fuck? Right, exactly. What did like, you do? I mean, maybe it would be dependent on your age or whatever. Because if you're an Ancella, then like, if maybe. Uh, if a fledgling is mad at you, who fucking cares? You know, but... Yeah, I mean, that could be funny if you're playing an Ancella and then you have a neonate enemy and they just wreck your shit, but they're so small fish, you just don't pay attention until it's like a problem. You're like, wait the fucking second. <laughs> hold on, hold on a second. That or they do it in a way that is so within the roles of like the Camarilla or the Anarch Society that you're in that you can't really retaliate in a way that won't get you in more trouble than this person has you in. So just like they're like slowly just using like the rules of the land to poke at you. I'm not touching you. I'm I'm not not touching you. And you're just Mm -hmm. like, well, if I do anything to this guy for whatever reason, way more people are going to be pissed at me or I'm just going to look bad that I like lower why are you letting eddie get to you like he's nobody calm the fuck down who cares you're supposed to be a member of this council and yet you're wasting your time dealing with children you're dealing with literal children we have fucking the sacred inquisition (laughs) in the city why 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 who cares eddie can fuck off (laughs) like he's nothing it's fine it just (laughs) absolutely being a menace so because of those kinds of things, and you know, I just, I just like people. People can be problems at all levels of society. Yeah. So it seems weird to limit the problems to only being like high ranking. High ranking, yeah. 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 But that's a me thing, and a, you know, run things how you want for your game. It's whatever. But uh, the last one I'm going to cover that has caused confusion is retainer. This is your bestest mortal friend. <laughs> I like that you put quotes around friend. friend. <laughs> Retainers are a mortal that must be controlled by the vampire in some way. This can be a ghoul. This can be a very highly dominated subject to the point that they have no free will anymore. Uh, This could be done through blackmail. This could be like a wage slave that you have where they're just like, look, Mm -hmm. they they need the fucking money because of medical bills and student loans and they can't not do these jobs Mm -hmm. for you. And you're just like, cool, come do these things, minion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, This could also be somebody who's so utterly cucked and simping for you based on the power of your presence. There's many ways you can handle this. This does yeah. not necessarily have to be a ghoul. Right. Yeah. I, um, like my character Ellis, his retainer is literally just his secretary. Mm-hmm. Like the lady who follows him around and like keeps his calendar and that <laughs> sort of thing. Oh, and that poor lady. <laughs> it's just like, you can, I can be like, bring the car around kind of situation. But mm-hmm. like she works for me. She's my employee. No. Yes, she's also ghouled, but that's beside the point. (laughs) That's a benefit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but you could just have a secretary who like just knows all of your shit, but you've also just been like, look, if you tell anyone, you're going to die. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> okay, cool. Just take the checks and shut up. Right. You've you've been given the most prestigious position inside of this organization, but if you tell anyone anything that happens, you won't remember, and all of a sudden you'll be a janitor. Whoops. It'd be a shame if your house burned down. Yeah. Hmm. Friend. <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> Buddy, <laughs> yeah. old pal. Uh, the retainer is a character. This is a person that is usually loyal, but may betray the vampire for the right price or uh, due to mistreatment from the vampire. Mm-hmm. So if you just treat somebody like shit, regardless of where they're at, even a, even a ghoul, if you treat a ghoul shitty enough, they will try and rebel. Yeah. yeah. So keep that in mind, players and STs. Just because somebody has a retainer does not mean that this is like a lapdog person that is an extension of the character. Uh, they are their own character with wants, needs, desires, and mm-hmm. problems. And one of my favorite uh, templates in the Sabat book is the uh, Vengeful uh, Ghoul. I love that shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So fucking much. So. Yeah. Careful. So, careful with that. Uh, <laughs> careful. The uh, retainer also has their own successes and failures. And if you want to build them out as a full character with stats, there is the mortal template in the core book. There's also additional rules in the V5 companion. So if you want to build like a really cool friend, there's rules for that friend. now. Friend. Uh, the flaw for retainer is a stalker. Oh. I'm scared to say this out loud because, well, he listens to the show, Mm -hmm. but Ken has a stalker. Oh, no. It hasn't really come up yet, and I'm kind of afraid that it's just been happening in the background for the past, like, all of the sessions. Yeah, that uh, that is also a plot point uh, for the the blood and jazz game I'm in because I'm playing a siren. So one of the flaws you get is a stalker, and we've killed them by mistake. So uh, <laughs> the st for that game now just likes to periodically message me and goes, "So I wonder what your new stalker problem is going to be for season two. And I'm just like, <laughs> just "Like fuck you, Chase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love you as a friend. You're a great person. Absolutely, eat my entire ass. Fuck you." <laughs> Because he hasn't uh, any details. They've not said shit to me. They're just like, same. They're just like, hey, so uh, I wonder when this problem will come up. And I'm just like, fuck off. <laughs> but for more details, a stalker uh, is a person that tends to be attracted to you and gets too attached. This can be romantic. This could just be fan obsession. This could be somebody that like hates you so much they come to your house with a shotgun. You have all sorts of options with this. You could pull a John Lennon. Yes. Uh, the book says well, that this person could be a former retainer. Um, I like to leave Stalker more open as a storyteller. I'm like, this could be just random mortals that mm-hmm. are not attached to you that you don't know about. Uh, this could be somebody you fed on and is now just like trying to figure out what the fuck happened. Uh, or was so into it. Was super mm-hmm. into it. They're like, like, oh my God, I got to get that. Hap- yeah. That's got to happen again. Like a spurned lover almost. Yeah, spurned yeah. lover. Or um, I also like the option of Stalkers also just being other kindred. Mm-hmm. Hmm. where it's like okay they're not maybe quite yet where they're like actively trying to fuck with you but they're just showing up and causing problems right so it's kind of the neutral version where there's like get the fuck out of here i love the idea of having a, a a stalker who's a vampire who just like really wants to figure out how to get you to pr- essentially be their mala mm-hmm. so they're just <laughs> showing up like hey how's it going i brought you this thing and you're like i don't i'm not hungry why did you bring me this person? Get them out of my house. Just like, I don't, I, look, I know brunettes, particularly the shade of brunette is your favorite. <laughs> right. And you're like, buddy, I need you to fucking shut the fuck up. Like you're People the, are over. Yeah. You're in the middle of doing actual business. And then this little fucking twerp shows up <laughs> and he's like, so I found a security breach in your haven and I wanted to bring that to your attention. And it's like, is that how you're in here again? <laughs> are you the security breach? 
No. Yeah, I like that idea. That's funny. I also like the idea of maybe like a detective or a police officer, not actually like a second Inquisition member, but someone who saw something on a case that like maybe just got... Ah, it's a gang shooting. Mm-hmm. Ah, criminal shot a criminal. We don't care that much. But they they reviewed the tape and like, there's something up with this guy. And so they're just like literally just investigating you. Mm-hmm. Like not even like, this guy's a vampire. I'm going to take care. I need to take him out for the safety of just, you know, the world. But yeah. they're just like, just something's a, up with this. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of the... Suspicious. Yeah. A little bit of the tisms, just like, this is wrong. I need to figure out why it's wrong. It's like, like yeah, I understand this was like a mugging or whatever, but they somehow your name came up in the investigation, and they're like, why would a guy who has this much money Mug do that kind someone. of shit? This is what's going on. They just do that detective, like, I got a bone. I got a lead. I'm going to keep following it. And you're mm-hmm. just like, get the fuck out. And you're like, I'm not even mad at this guy. He's technically doing his job. <laughs> But he's I right. You, he's, I did he, beat that guy you're up. You're right. I am a monster, <laughs> but I also need you to fuck off. <laughs> I love that shit. Or just, I have a fear, but deep fascination with like internet sleuths. Because mm-hmm. there's that whole like chunk of like the true crime community where it's people like picking up cold cases and half of them, it feels, are like genuinely like, no, I want to solve this problem. And half of them are just fucking crazy white ladies that need to get better hobbies. Um... <laughs> But yeah, one of them that's just like, you know, just gets this wild hair up their ass about you specifically. And they're like posting like, it's a not popular YouTube channel, like only 10 people watch it, but they're just posting everything they can find about you. And they have daily vlog postings about like suspicious things they've caught you doing, or it's like YouTube drama channels. Right. Mm -hmm. Even to the point that it seems like they may not be someone who is unhinged. They may be like perfectly sane and like talking real shit. But mm-hmm. they just come off as so obsessed that people are like, this this person's fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, also, that's just, um, I mean, there's the whole Boston bombing thing where, too, they, like, they literally may not actually be onto anything about you, mm-hmm. but you were just in the wrong place at the wrong time, and now you're wrapped up into some conspiracy <laughs> that, like... Uh... Could you imagine being fucking a vampire just doing all this like secret shit and then there's this fucking bitch (laughs) who is like thoroughly convinced that you are uh bd cooper or whatever (laughs) whatever dumb shit you actually killed jfk yeah they (laughs) they somehow wrapped you into the QAnon conspiracy theory and they're just going on these fucking insane diatribes and you're like, well, she's not said the vampire word or anything, but she fucking has eyes on me and it's a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you just like have enough influence and stuff that you've maybe been seen around like the mayor of Chicago or like a couple like local congressmen or things like that. Mm-hmm. And then instead of being like, this guy's using uh, vampiric powers to like change the laws forever. And it's more just like, I believe that this is one of the liberal demons that is <laughs> infecting our society, like full on QAnon, just yeah. like scary. Or hell, yeah. even if you want to go from a more rational, like even a leftist perspective where somebody's like, look, I just want to get dark money out of politics. Who is this guy that keeps showing up at these fundraiser dinners and is donating money into like packs? Yeah. And I'm like, we're looking into him. We're looking into it. And you're just like, fuck, like this guy's actually a good guy and he's trying to fix society. And if he keeps digging into me, I'm going to have to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I'm gonna have no. to kill him. <laughs> or ghoul him. Or ghoul him. I, I now have a retainer. <laughs> Shit. Didn't want it. I guess I'm getting a new stalker. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, uh, thoughts on merits, backgrounds, and flaws, at least for this chunk of advantages. Uh, I really dig them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're great. Um, this kind of relates back to our last episode, but 
I let my hunter players use pretty much all the ones from this game too. Uh, even the supernatural ones, which I mean, you could say no, mm-hmm. but I think they were a lot. Of, I think they added a lot to the game. They fleshed things out a little bit, and mm-hmm. I I think they're like essential to World of Darkness. They're kind of what differentiates this a large point, I think, from something like D and D or Call of Cthulhu. It's like it's so much building of your character, the world around your character. Not it's they're not even necessarily building your character, but they're building how they interact with the world, like how other people perceive them. It's it like it really puts your character in a place. And so they're really worth like spending time on because they really do kind of help create the setting that your ST is gonna use for your game. By the time you have four or five players and they all have all these allies and stalkers and havens Mm -hmm. and infamy built around them just that alone and you take those notes you can kind of build an interesting city out of that um that you can then expand upon and yeah yeah and also just adding a lot of the advantages as things on the relationship map Uh it's a good way to build your spider web of like who knows who and who is connected to what and plot you can have a cobweb in your cobweb yeah yeah but either way uh as i said earlier in the episode i feel like this is some of the make deepest meat to a character i almost when i make a character just go like find out what they are as a person find their clan and then just skip to the advantages because i feel like skills are things you do disciplines are powers you have advantages and lore sheets which we'll get to later uh are very much like a core tenant of like they can enrich and like influence your character way more than a lot of the other options i feel like this is a real easy way if i wanted to know a character if i actually wanted to like st a game and just be like all right let me see your character sheet and just skip what type of person they are like what do they do like what's their like things yeah yeah, yeah well, sure. I've, I've liked the advantages pretty much since we started them up because yeah. like i like the change where you can't take extra flaws for extra points mm-hmm. i think that overall advantages are relatively easy to understand it's just like like you said a few of them are written in a way that's like huh but also we're playing a world of darkness game so we should know by now yeah as a just at least for ease of reading because i try to read things from the perspective of somebody who has no context is not used to dealing with any of that shit mm-hmm. uh my only real gripe about the section is literally just formatting right because that's each, usual mm-hmm. it's just each individual section within the merits and the backgrounds and the flaws are formatted differently so it just makes it hard to do like a reference of like, ah, I need to find this and then quick read through it. Because like even me just writing this episode, I had to reread shit like four or five times Oof. and yeah. flip through pages and try to wrap my brain around shit. Because it was just like, if if the formatting was at least tried to be mirrored a little closer to be as like repetitive or just like, here, this is the standard format we're using for each advantage. Mm-hmm. Keep it to this. But if there's something that needs to be edited a little bit, like that's fine. Cause it's like, uh, it describes the mechanics and what the advantage is. And then there's a section that'll talk about the flaw and then at the tail end is the dot breakdown of the rough like, hey, so if you have this at one dot, if you have this at three dot, if you have this at five dot, this is what it means and equates to. And I'm just like, that is super fucking unintuitive. And I fucking hate that so much. Mm-hmm. Run a pass with an editor. Get a textbook editor, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at, least in, at least in parts of the book like that where it's going to be a reference guide and yeah. a point and things like that. I'm just like, it drives me broken up a wall. Yeah. And it's kind of my biggest gripe ever with any world of darkness property yep. i'm just like i can't find things i need to run the game because i often st and i just am dumb and i need to look something up i just want to control f and find it mm-hmm. <sighs> you can't do that I in can't. a textbook 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but other than that, I'm like, Yet. I love trying. I love trying to, as a player, figure out ways to make advantages fit for my character, and also try to consider that in options of a. Hey, so we're doing a task, and I know the storyteller asked for me to do this rule, this pool. But if I'm like, oh, hey, by the way, so I have uh, influence in this sector of the world. Can I use that clout to try and influence? Da 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 da. Just like, yeah, no, go for it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I think. I mean, I feel like a lot of the time, the takeaway for most things in World of Darkness is you should be flexible. Talk to your storyteller. Yeah. You can probably figure out a way to make it work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And worst case, it's like. Not this time. Right, yeah. But yeah, so that's that. Next episode will be Lore Sheets. Uh, yeah. Which is a deeper character thing. thing. It's a deeper character thing. It's also a completely new mechanic for V5. Mm-hmm. So Very that's cool. why we're going to highlight it. Also, uh, if you want to get onto us on the social medias about Lore Sheets you would like clarifications on, please let us know. Yes. Because yeah, I am up. a dumbass. <laughs> By the time this airs, this that episode will have been recorded already. So there's that. But I yeah. will be make for those of you who are, were in our Discord and on our Patreon, I'm going to make a post in both asking people there. So unfortunately, yeah, you'll probably miss that by this point. But hey, go check those places out. Yeah, it's a, it's a good reason to be part of the community because then you can mm-hmm. help us build these fucking episodes. Woo! So, yeah. Hooray! Uh, thanks, Paralyzed, for music. Hey. Uh, before that, oh, actually, before I that. have one more okay. addenda, one more thing I do want to talk about. Ooh. Um, because we did our Hunter episode last we week. We did. Um, and just for some clarification, um, I I did write start writing that episode when the episode when the book came out. Um, I ran it like within a month or two of it coming out, and um, the script was finished a couple weeks before we recorded, and then it delayed come out. Um, but I had, because of that. I didn't even know it came out till someone pointed out to it, but it was re- recorded before the expanded mechanics in permutations PDF came out, which mm-hmm. uh, we will eventually do an episode on because I think it's interesting and I haven't really dug into it yet. Uh-huh. But essentially, during their uh, month of darkness, mm-hmm. uh, World of Darkness did um, one of the days was a uh, PDF called Expanded Mechanics and Mutations, which is optional rules and core rules that are going to apply to every uh additional splat or uh system that comes out for world of darkness Mm -hmm. uh it's a living document so it's going to keep being updated but right now it is additional and optional rules for hunter and vampire so that is definitely something to check out um but yeah we didn't have that when we wrote that episode so we'll have to check that up out and do an episode on that and when we do i'll talk about how that i think that affects hunter because that was not available for the first i would say like four or five months that game was out, yeah. which is when I was doing my playtesting and reviews. So I apologize for any confusion that may have caused, but also so, thanks for the darkness team for like, for, like yeah. doing that, doing, doing the it. thing that we really wanted, which is like, Hey, we could really use a companion guy yeah. that was yeah. <laughs> to the system. So then they're just like already on it. And it's like, <laughs> Oh shit. Thanks oh. dad. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I have a snacky? <laughs> It's great. Yep. But yeah, so we'll we will get to that. We might have to do a combat episode too at some point. Yeah, one of the things combat's that, fun. One yeah. of the big things it notes is that it does have more advanced tactical combat rules. Yeah. And it specifically notes that that's something that like hunter players might want, which yeah, I agree. Um mm-hmm. it is very like you versus like this big monster. I think players for that are gonna get a little more into the minutciae of a fight than like a bunch of super powered vampires jojoing at each other i mean you'd be surprised the amount of vampire games that i've been where somebody at the table is very into paramilitary and action Mm -hmm. shit 
I mean, to be fair, in our like game that Sarah ran, every combat that we had like started and ended in the same turn because we were like, what was that? Go hard. It's fine. Okay, continue okay. on. Um, started and ended in pretty much the same turn because we were like, all right, we're going into this fight. This is how we're doing this. And then we get in the fight and we execute the plan. Yeah, you guys just fucking literally executed so many so many people. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't expecting the combat to be as intense as it was, and then it wasn't. I was like, well, I guess they're dead. Yeah, we uh, we we are very distrusting sort, and <laughs> we we definitely took any sign of aggression as an excuse for as aggression. A threat. Yes. Uh, like when someone tried to meet us once for uh, to invite us to a meeting. And they had followed us outside of the city and into a dark parking lot. And we took this as an excuse to open fire. So they did. And we did. someone and then threw someone through a window. Yeah, there was like, yeah, because the, the, the guy playing the bottom, I can't if I remember right, like snuck up on somebody and then just took their head off with an SMG. Yep. And then you threw somebody through a, a windscreen. It was actually pretty spooky. The whole thing was very spooky. It was yeah. very thematic. I loved it for you guys. But I was like, as the ST, just sitting there going... I just wanted these guys, these gangster guys to be just vaguely threatening and just walk up and be like, Ayo, so I gotta like give you this from my boss. To show up on boss. time. Bye. I just wanted the two goons to show up <laughs> and just be kind of goons. Instead, one goon died and the other one peed and pooped his pants. <laughs> I literally had to fudge his health bar so that I could give you the invite. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just like, he should be dead. He should be dead, yeah. but I need these idiots to get the invite. So I need them to stop being I, murder hobos. I just need. Hey, they, they, to be fair, they had followed us around for like two or three sessions, just ominously. Like you guys wouldn't stop at a place where I could have them come up and be like, "Hey, hey, we have uh, a vampire job for you." Hey, uh, I'm trying to be unsuspicious, or you know, I'm trying to not draw attention. I'm trying to be nonchalant. Right. Uh, you know, I'm trying to have this guy do like goony gangster shit. And I was just waiting for you guys to stop somewhere where there wasn't a lot of public. <laughs> and well, if we did. And you eventually did. But it was a parking lot that you guys executed. <laughs> in. So like outside of town. So like. <laughs> to be fair, I tried to intimidate them. The other players the other executed players. them. They chose violence. Yeah, no. Ellis was trying to do gangster shit, and then the other players were like, ah, I see that, and I raise you further gangster shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that happened. I'll say the intimidate role worked. It did. They were very spooked <laughs> and distracted, which set you guys up to kill them. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but uh, anyway, thanks, Paralyze. Thanks, Paralyze, hey, uh, for thanks. the music. Uh, you guys are on Bandcamp, and we appreciate and love you guys. You're good people. Yeah, keep making music. Yeah. Uh, we... I saw they recently had a <gasps> boiler room set. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, I missed that. That's going to be sick. Yeah. I'll, should... I'll share that on the social media. Hey. Share that on the socials. Share it in the Discord. I guess yeah. we can have like a listen party. Yeah. That'd yeah. be sick. Uh, we currently exist on Twitter. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, at blank underscore bodies. Um, we exist on Instagram at blank bodies pod. Instagram's also dying. So we'll see how that goes. Uh... We have a TikTok at Blank Bodies Podcast. I got really busy with school. Mm -hmm. Hunter has established us on Tumblr at Blank Bodies Pod so you could see their glitch art and interact with our dumbass goodness. Sometimes I post weird pictures of Chuck E. Cheese. You just never know what you're going to get. Yeah. This is just him being completely unhinged. Just full dick the birthday boy energy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, We do have a Patreon. If you appreciate us enough to want to give us a couple of doll hairs, that is rad. 
We have various tiers which allow you access to things on our community Discord. The Discord is free. But yeah. uh, if you want extra goodies and you want your name to be a different color because you are supporting us and being a good homie, uh, you can do that. I also will draw art, and I think we're close to having show notes set up. And then mm-hmm. I'm also going to uh, finish the citations on the mas- the Blank Bodies Master Research document that has the citations for every source we have used for mm-hmm. the show so you guys can have access to that. Yeah, You guys can see how fucking unhinged I am. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in Yay. a while, she talks about the master document. I just hear like the fucking boom. It's like six or seven pages, mm-hmm. guys. It's a lot. I put a lot of research into you what have. we do. It's like, look, it's important to cite your sources. Mm-hmm. It is. We live in an age, uh, I'm not going to say post-truth, but I think we live in this age of information overload, and because of that, people just aren't good at processing and uh, aren't good at following through on information and making sure what they're seeing is valid and or makes any sense so i want us to try and encourage people to be like nah cite your sources bitch it's important do it it it, it will stop a fascism hopefully uh, we also have surprise tier that no one has bought yet but it's there i still have your surprise waiting if you want to go for it cool if not like it's okay be the blood i'd rather you pay your bills yeah do that first yeah pay your bills first and then buy the blood uh, yeah, the, the blood is definitely a uh, joke tier. It is a joke tier. There is gallons of the stuff. Anyways. Uh, Communally, you're right. Yes. Uh, now I have MCR stuck in my head. I'm sorry. Uh, we also do an interview series. Uh, we've had cool people on the show, uh, including like artists for the V5 books and like other community members. And we would like to continue that process into the new year. Yeah. I'm, I hopefully will have a new one of those up soon Ooh, after this. Hells. That's so. neat. Fucking Yeah. Uh, if you want to get in contact with Hunter to share your projects, whether it is LARP, uh, actual play, cosplay, music, game writer creation, if it's vaguely gaming related, we'll probably talk to you about it. Or if you're a real vampire. If you're a real vampire, that'd be sick. Hey, what's uh, up? Hell, even if you're just involved in vampire media. Or horror in general. Horror. You want to tell us about your upcoming Frankenstein movie? I don't care. I'll oh, talk hell about yeah. that shit. Yeah. Fucking absolutely hell yeah. Blank bodies at Gmail. Hit us up if you want to do collabs and the whatnot. Uh... Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. 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 Au revoir. Ooh, double kisses. Yeah.